So how do we turn a dollar into a hundred dollars, right? How do we turn a hundred thousand into a million? And that's velocity of money. And we want to do it as quickly as possible. Welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Man, we're a month through 2024. I hope your gear is going well. Uh, We are pushing hard to acquire properties and uh, have a have a deal, actually a self-storage deal we're going to be purchasing. We're excited about that uh, and just trying to continue uh, to make offers on multifamily. We've been striking out, but that's okay. You just keep on plugging away. Uh, I've had times in the market cycle where I haven't bought properties for a couple of years and, and it's frustrating, um, but that's really how it goes. And so you just patient money is smart money. And that's what uh, our thought process right now is, is, hey, let's just be patient. Uh, there's still a lot of, I, I think, uh, interesting things coming down the pipeline in uh, the real estate, specifically uh, commercial real estate. And so Let's just be patient, see what happens, make sure we're smart with our underwriting criteria and um, make sure we're doing things the right way, building our business, minding our assets that we have right now, uh, just being smart with those assets and really trying to hone in on the business, on the systems and and be better. Oh, anyways, today I want to talk about short-term versus long-term. So over the last probably seven, eight, nine years, and and quite frankly, it's always been like this, but I think there was a big push, especially the COVID uh, and after, where people were basically flipping uh, apartments. They were buying them, and a year, 18 months, 24 months later, they were selling and exiting out of those deals. And I feel like that's always, again, it's always been the case, but I feel like that really picked up as far as the percentage of deals that were being done like that. And so I want to talk about the pros and cons of, of doing that quickly, uh, flipping apartments, flipping, um, you know, really anything retail, any commercial piece of real estate, not homes, Right, uh, that's that's I think a, even a different strategy. Um, so I want to talk about that versus holding long term and why you know holding long term in a lot of cases is better than short term, but some cases short term might make more sense. So I think a, probably the biggest thing we need to be thinking about when we're long term versus short term is where we are in the cycle and. Short term makes a lot of sense if you're in that mid to uh, three quarters of the way through the market cycle. You got to be careful as you approach the top or feel like you're approaching the top because that's when people get stuck and that's when they get in trouble. But if you are seeing the market increase in value, 
very consistently and, and flipping short term, right? That's a good strategy. And when I talk short term, I'm talking like anything less than five years, okay? Anything less than five years, I'm going to call it a, an apartment or a, a commercial real estate flip. And so it makes sense when you're in that mid to, again, not quite, you don't want to be at the top, but mid to like three quarters of the way up. Uh, that makes a lot of sense because we're seeing a lot of appreciation just through the market. There's there exuberance about the asset class and, and people are excited. So we can just kind of ride that wave up. Where long-term makes a lot of sense is if we're buying when the market is flatlined, when the market is going down, uh, and probably that first, like all the way through about the first, you know, half to uh, a quarter to half of that kind of cycle moving upwards. Um, and so that's that's a great time to be long-term. So let's talk about some of the short-terms. Why, why would I want to do short-term? One of the biggest things I think a lot of people want to do short term is because they gain that experience, right? They're going they're going full cycle through an apartment building. And if you're syndicating, uh, it's helpful to show that you've got a track record. Now, do you have a track record? Mm, I mean, maybe, maybe not. There's plenty of people that uh, did a lot of apartments, a lot of uh, commercial real estate from, you know, it started in maybe 2019, 2020, 2021, somewhere around there. They did a lot of deals. They had a lot of success in those couple short years, uh, exited a bunch of deals, bought a bunch of deals, exited a bunch of deals. And maybe not a bunch, just, but, and then, you know, the market shifted and we'll see what happens. So is that smart? Did they gain a ton of experience? Did they get that track record, it certainly looks like it. And you'll see how it plays out. Good, bad, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think it also depends on the sponsor and how well they set themselves up during that time. But regardless, it does help give our track record, shows that experience. And if we're doing it right and we set ourselves up right, it is a, pos a net positive, okay? The other thing is velocity of money. And when we're looking at how do we turn a dollar into two and two into four, four into eight and so on. So how do we turn a dollar into a hundred dollars, right? How do we turn a hundred thousand into a million? And that's velocity of money. And we want to do it as quickly as possible. So we want to take that dollar, turn it into a hundred in, instead of in, you know, 30 years, we want to do it in five, 10, 15 years. We want to shorten that time horizon. So the quicker we can do that, the, the faster the velocity. And if I can go through and uh, purchase an apartment building and double my investor's money in two years, that's much better than if I can double their money in eight years, call it. Okay. So that's a better velocity. If I can do that in two years and then another two years, I double it again and I double it again in another two years and I double it again in another two years. In in those eight years, I didn't double it just once. I didn't double it just twice, three times. I doubled it four times, right? And so you're turning that hundred into 200, the 200 
into 400, the 400 into 800, and the 800 and the 1.6 million. And you can see how quickly that goes. Now, you're probably not going to be able to do that every single time, right? So that's maybe an extreme example, but you can see how quickly your money can grow if we can double it every, you know, two years, five years, three years, eight years, whatever it is, the quicker that time horizon, the better, right? For, for that. Now, I'll talk about some of the cons in a second. So it's not always roses, right? Um, Another big benefit, and this one I really like, is that if I buy an apartment building and it's run down and needs some, some, some love to it, and we go in there and we renovate everything, we've got everything updated. We put in tile. We put in uh, new flooring. We, put, we repainted everything. You know, we put in new light fixtures and all that kind of stuff. And so it's all brand new. And we don't have to fix it. We got all brand new stuff. It looks beautiful. It's low maintenance at, the, at that point in time. And so if we sell it after we've done all of that, everything's in great condition. And by the way, it's updated to today's market. It looks new. But if I wait long-term, I think about anything I renovated back in 2008, 2010, the paint colors are different. The tile selections are different. The fixtures are different. You know, the styles are just different. So you can tell that's outdated. And sometimes drastic changes happen. You know, look, prior to uh, 2000. 810, it was really popular to do uh, golden oak or light maple. And, and everybody was doing that. And so, especially in the Midwest, golden oak was the thing. And so you could totally tell if something was built or remodeled in, you know, 2005, because it's, you know, golden oak trim with golden oak cabinets and everything, everything is that color. And it's totally outdated, totally outdated. The cabinet doors completely outdated. They changed drastically in just a couple of years. Okay. Sometimes changes are, are slight. We change from a brown paint to a gray paint or a gray to a beige or whatever it might be, but sometimes things are, are big. So getting rid of that property when things are brand new and shiny can be a huge advantage. It's worth the most amount of money at that point in time. Um, and like I said, lower repairs. And so we don't, we have our NOI is the highest as well. Cause we don't have a lot of repairs. We've already done them. They're all, it's all cap X, which shows up in a different line item. Um, some of the cons though, we have a lot of management happening at that point in time. So we're managing, uh, we're getting a ton of new tenants in. We've got a bunch of concessions. Uh, we have, big turnover, probably a lot of bad debt. So we've got a, a very management intensive asset. We've also got the construction management. We're trying to, we're trying to get tenants out. We're trying to get uh, the, the unit renovated as quickly as possible, get the new tenants in. We got construction drama happening. We got rising uh, costs of, of construction that have been happening uh, lately. We've got labor shortage issues. So we've got a lot of 
uh, just management and renovation risk um, and, and just a lot of issues that can happen at that point in time. Now, if we manage it well, we can actually strengthen our management team and all that kind of stuff. We can run a pretty effective business, but it can be very difficult and very challenging, uh, especially uh, over the last couple of years where we've had drastic changes in costs, uh, drastic changes in the labor the labor industry, labor pool. I mean, just, just a big time shortage uh, that has happened. And, and we had shortage of materials. I mean, we had cabinets for that we ordered that were supposed to take, you know, four to six weeks and ended up taking 18 to 25 weeks. Uh, and we still are, we're missing cabinets, even, even if, with that long of a delay. Uh, the other thing is the, the debt, the debt is definitely risky because you're likely not going to get fixed rate, long-term debt. If you're thinking about getting rid of it quickly. And so we're getting debt. That's probably floating. Uh, a lot of times bridge debt or local bank debt, um, and it's floating. And that is a scary thing because when we have interest rates that change quickly, like happened, uh, just over the last couple of years, you're stuck and you've got this high interest loan. And even if you put a rate cap on it, you've paid for the interest. You just prepaid for it. And that rate cap eventually expires and you have to buy a new one. The debt expires. You have to find new debt. And so we're seeing that issue come to an, and rear its ugly head where we've got a trillion dollars uh, of debt coming due. Uh, we just got a, a mess on our hands right now as, as far as where the debt markets are. And, um, you know, a lot of people probably uh, getting into trouble. So, that's a big risk. That is a huge risk. And if you're going short term, again, you're likely going to have that debt risk just the way it is. Uh, the other thing is the market can shift quickly. And if you planned on a short term basis and the market shifts, your valuation can plummet. And again, we're seeing that right now where if you planned on selling it, the market in, in certain areas has gone down 20 to 30 plus percent. And so if you were saying, hey, we're going to sell this building for $10 million and we had a 30% drop, you might not be able to sell it anymore. And if you've got short-term debt, now you're in a sticky situation. And, and if you didn't have any cash flow because you weren't worried about cash flow, you were going to sell it. It was, that was what you were looking for. Now you're in a really sticky uh, situation. You're in a bind uh, because the market shifted, interest rates went up, uh, debt's harder to find, and you didn't have good, strong cash flow. So you don't have a lot of options. The next thing is taxes. You have to pay a ton of taxes. Every time you sell, you got to pay a ton of taxes unless you can 1031 exchange. Oftentimes you can't 1031 exchange. And so you have to pay not only, um, you know, you got long-term capital gains, certainly, but then you've got your state taxes. If you live in the beautiful state of Minnesota, California, a lot of these other states, uh, you're paying 10% or more uh, in, in state income tax. And so that can be a big, uh, just big negative to selling. And you need to really consider that 
when we look at the velocity of money and we're excited that we sold and we made all this money, but then we forget we have to pay the government and we're going to pay the federal government into 20% of what we profited. And we're going to pay our state 10% of what we profited. Now, all of a sudden we paid 30% of our profits where we could have just kept that building long-term, maybe done a refinance, got our money back tax-free and uh, could have used that type of velocity of money. So it's definitely something to consider. Uh, the last thing, and there's probably more pros and there's probably more cons, but the last thing I'm going to mention is you always need to find the next property. Okay. One of the tax advantages is we can do depreciation and we can do bonus depreciation, right? And so if we continue to find and buy new properties, we can definitely get rid of some of those tax uh, implications or at least limit them, right? Uh, but we have to find the next property. We have to find the next deal. And depending on what's going on in the market, that might be a challenge. It might be might not be possible or it might not be possible to at least hit your criteria. And so do you, do you um, change your criteria to get in the next deal? You know, I don't know. Not, not for me. All right. So let's talk long-term. Uh, let's move over to that side. I already mentioned, look, it, it's great at when a market is flatlined, when it's declining, and when it's just kind of on that first upswing long-term is fantastic. Um, and I'm okay long-term through the entire cycle, quite frankly. Um, it's just the best during that time. But you could, you could have the long-term strategy and be okay in every single market. Um, here's the pros. Look, familiar management. It's really familiar. You, you know the property inside and out. You know what happens to the property. You know the, the, the things, the quirks to it, your management can really get into a rhythm and, and really get good at managing that property. Okay. They can get to know the residents really well. They can create good systems. So it can be familiarity can be a good thing. It's low management too, because we're not constantly uh, renovating units. We might start out renovating units, but then we get into kind of our, um, you know, just long-term hold where we're managing it. And we probably manage it for, you know, 10 years without worrying about doing another kind of renovation or, or even some lipstick. And, and we're really only doing that on, on tenant turnover anyways. Um, so management is, is cheaper. It's easier. We don't have a ton of concessions. We don't have a ton of uh, big turnover going on, all that kind of stuff. Cash flow obviously is a huge advantage. That's that's what we're looking for. If we're going to hold something long-term, we want slow, steady cash flow. Uh, that's what we're looking for. That's what we want. And we get the, the advantage of the cash flow. Um, we also get all the tax advantages and we get to continue the tax advantages for as long as we want. We can spread that out however we want. Um, so that is an easy strategy depending on how long we think we're going to hold. We can decide how we want to, uh, take the depreciation and, and keep the tax benefits going on. Uh, fixed debt. Talked about the risk in the short term, uh, to, to, you know, flip an apartment or 
flip our retail place or whatever. Uh, we talked about the the debt being floating and bridge and and just a risk there. We can get longer term fixed rate debt and we can just ride that out, right? We just got great debt, very low risk. Uh, we can leverage low. We can just just ride great debt. So big advantage. Um, definitely lower risk overall, uh, including the debt, but on the management side, just on the hold side, just on the strategy, it's kind of just that chill investment. We're just not in a rush. We don't need to focus on getting these units done really fast. So we can take our time. We can be methodical. We can be well thought out and just, again, take a lot of that risk factor off the table. Um, the other thing is we've got principal pay down and, and just appreciation of the market. So principal pay down is big. My tenants are paying for the principal to get reduced every single month. And we can take that $10 million loan and depending on how long we hold it for, it can turn into a, you know, five, $6 million loan, or it can go all the way down to zero if we want to. Or once we get, you know, some of it paid off and some appreciation in the market, we can refinance, we can cash out, we get all of our cash back. We don't have to pay any taxes with that. So let's say our equity was, was $3 million. We can get all $3 million back, maybe even four or $5 million back. And long-term debt, again, we have a familiar asset. We're still cash flowing and we can take that money and move it in the next. I did this a lot of years for my single family, my duplexes, triplexes, and so on. And I actually took some of my debt that was at, um, you know, five, six percent, and I refinanced that debt into long term 10 year fixed and um, 25 year AM at like three and a half percent. My payments, I actually took some money out, right? My payments went down, my loan went up, my, my loan payments still went down pretty drastically. That's a cool situation. Now, that was a perfect storm. It doesn't happen every time, but it is a possibility. Uh, what are some cons? It's slow money. Look, you're the we talk about the velocity of money. Uh, that's powerful. The only time you can have any velocity of money is if you can refinance, right? Otherwise, if you're a long-term hold, the velocity of money is just not there, okay? Uh, what you trade in, in return with velocity of money is just low risk. And, and cash flow. Okay. So definitely, definitely a con. Uh, another con is look, you, you holding this thing long-term, your, your submarket can deteriorate, uh, demographic shifting, you know, whatever something happens. And, and again, that can happen short-term too, but a, a, an eroding neighborhood can definitely play a big role into the profitability of an asset. If you had a long-term hold, um, you might have to make that decision. Look, this is eroding. We don't like this. We're going to sell. We have to sell. Uh, the last thing is, you know, look, we already talked about it. Repairs, the maintenance, the, um, 
you know, just this change in styles. So we have to renovate again eventually. Uh, we have to tap into our CapEx budgets um, or reserve budgets that we're, we're putting aside. So we have to be really thoughtful of uh, how much money we're having our reserve account to make sure we can draw upon that when we do have those big ticket expenses because they're going to happen in long term. Our roof's going to have to get replaced. Our HVAC is going to have to get replaced. Uh, we're going to have plumbing leaks that are going to have to get fixed. So things like that are just going to happen. We have to plan for them. If we don't plan properly for them, we're going to get stuck and we're going to be in a bad situation. So that's definitely a, a con as well. Anyways, I love, by the way, long-term. Um, also love short-term. I think there's room for both in your portfolio and it makes sense to be thinking about the properties that you have and what the strategy is. And I like to think about, okay, what's that strategy up front? But always be willing to pivot as well. What's the market doing? What does it make sense? We got a long-term hold, yet the market just skyrockets. Maybe that makes sense to sell. Maybe it makes sense to keep, but maybe that makes a lot of sense to sell. We've got a, a short-term hold. We really like it. We just did this recently. Got a short-term hold. We're going to sell it in the first five years, but the thing is cash flowing like crazy. It's just a cash cow. Uh, we were able to raise rents a lot quicker, uh, and then the market shifted, right? And so valuations went down 25%. And we're sitting here going, well, we're cash flowing like crazy. I mean, just doing awesome on this property. We've got great debt on it. And we can put even more debt on it and do a cash out refi to our investors. And so that's what we did. Cash out refi to our investors, gave them all their money back. And we're going to hold it longer term. Now, if the right offer comes, will we sell it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, so that could possibly happen in the next six, 12, you know, 24 months. I don't know, but right now we're set up long-term because it made so much sense to keep this thing. It's cash cow. And uh, we were able to refi and get all the investor capital back. So sometimes it's okay to pivot, but I think you go into it going, here, here's my plan. Here's what we're going to do. These are the metrics we plan on hitting. And, move that plan forward unless something makes sense for you to shift. That's my thoughts. Um, I've done both and I've very rarely regretted selling a property and very rarely actually one time <laughs> regretted holding a property long-term. So, um, you know, do what works for you. And I would say do a little bit of both, and that's going to probably help you for the long term. And I think it's good, especially if you're taking investors, to have you know both of those aspects too, because some investors might like the long term, some like the short term. All right. Well, that's it. That's all I got. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Hey, by the way, you know, look, I want this show to continue to grow. I want to reach more people. And so if you enjoy episodes, uh, share this on social media. Uh, if you haven't done so already, give us a rating review. That would be fantastic. And uh, just keep on listening. And I'll see you on the next one.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.